Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. your Bibles, turn me very quickly to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. And I will be uh, closing today, I will be wrapping up my sowing and reaping series today. And there's no other chapter in the Bible where we glean this uh, concept from than Matthew chapter 13. And this is where Jesus preached from a ship went out on a ship and began to preach from the ship to those who sat on the seashore, the beach, I guess it were, and he began to preach to them. Matthew 13, beginning in verse 1, says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. May God add his blessing to the word, and you may be seated today. Amen. Thank you for being at Bible study this morning. For the last few Sundays, I've been teaching on sowing and reaping. And this will be the third Sunday that we have done that, and this will probably be my last one as I get through this chapter today. Uh, chapter 13 of the book of Matthew, where Jesus really begins to unfold the secrets of sowing and reaping. Now, in Matthew 13, Jesus is talking about the greatest form of seed. And I, I believe, and, and, and this will be brought out in the, in the text, because the reason I believe this is that <clears throat> when Jesus is speaking in Matthew 13, he's talking about the greatest form of seed, and that greatest form of seed is the word. The word of God, <clears throat> this is his greatest form uh, of, of seed that can be sown into the life of a person. And Jesus is going to teach us some elements of sowing and reaping in this scripture today. Amen. Now, thank you for being at Bible study today, and we're going to learn together. The Bible says that <clears throat> Jesus is talking to a multitude of people. Somebody say many people. And just like we have maybe many people in this room today, uh, probably somewhere around 150 maybe people in this room right now for Bible study. There's kids upstairs in Sunday school. And, and so in this room today with just this many people, Jesus probably had a couple thousand. Just in this room today, in the multitude of people that we have, we have so many different types of people, different backgrounds, different experiences, different lifestyles. Uh, different races, colors, creeds, ethnicities, generations. We have <clears throat> a lot of different people, people from different states, people that are raised in different ways. We're just different. And that's beautiful because the only way to have harmony is to be different. Let me say that again. The only way to have harmony is to be different. Harmony cannot be achieved if we're not all different. 
the, the, the only way that you can get harmony on the piano is if you hit different chords. Different people add different things to the union, and it gives us harmony. And what God wants in the kingdom of God is unity. And when you look that word up, unity, a part of that root is harmony. That's what God wants. He doesn't want us all to be the same. We are different, and we need to celebrate those differences and make it and normalize, normalize a church that doesn't all look the same, dress the same, same color, same music style, same preaching style. Amen? We need to normalize harmony. This is harmony. And so as Jesus is preaching to this great multitude, he's preaching to all kinds of people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And he says to them, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. This is verse 4 of Matthew 13. Some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell unto stony places, where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some hundred, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, when, when Jesus said that to the multitude, I'm sure that some people were like, uh, like everybody here has ears. What, is it, what does it mean, who has ears to hear, let him hear? Because it's possible to have ears, but not have ears to hear. Amen. It's possible that, yes, you have ears on your head, but you, you don't listen. And you're not in a position to listen. You see, because listening is a posture and not necessarily just an activity. When you position yourself to say, you know what, I want to hear the word. And I want the word to affect me. And not only will I listen, but I will try my best to understand when you have an ear to hear. That's when you can really hear. Most of us know what it's like to come to a church service, have a lot going on in your life, so many different things, and you sit in the same room that everybody else sat in, and at the church your friend comes and says, man, what a word, man, did you, did you hear that? And you're thinking, I couldn't tell you one thing that man said today. Because even though we both are in the room and we both have ears, you were in a posture, in, you were in a place where you wanted to hear the word, and you heard it, you took notes, and you really enjoyed it, I was thinking about 27 different things, and I never really heard what the man said. I've done it. I've been to conferences. I've been, I've, been, I've been in some good church services that I couldn't tell you nothing about because I did not have an ear to hear. I just had an ear. And so as Jesus is speaking this parable in, in chapter 13 of Matthew, he's living it out. He's he's telling them what he's doing. Jesus is, Jesus is explaining to them what's actually happening in this moment. He's showing them, here I am, I'm the sower of the word of God. I'm the sower of the seed, and, and here I am, I got all kinds of ground in front of me, 
but my job is just to throw seed on the ground. And I cannot always control where it lands. And I just throw the seed out on the multitude of people from all kinds of places, all kinds of different backgrounds. And I don't know where you're at in your life. You may have come today because someone made you come. You may be here right now because you're just following your parents. And you may be here right now to not really hear what I have to say, but to judge me and to critique me. And I'm, I'm speaking as Jesus is probably speaking, you know, thinking to the crowd. Some of y'all are here to hear me because you want to hear, but some of y'all are here to hear what you're going to hear and take it back and tell somebody else. And, 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 and let me tell you this, let me tell you that. Many times Jesus would see their heart and he would say, I see your heart. I see this hardened against me. I see the questions you have. I want you to ask the question. And so everybody's not there to hear. He's, he's casting the seed out and he lets them know some of this seed is going to fall by the wayside. And the fowls of the air are going to come and devour it up. It's never going to have a chance. It's never going to have a chance to ever take root because the cares of life and the fowls of the air, which we know the Bible says that the devil is the prince of the air, he's going to come, he's going to steal this seed before it ever even has a chance to take any kind of root in your life. It's already stolen from you before you get out the door good. You're hearing it. But the devil's coming to take it. And he said, and some's going to fall on stony ground, and there's not much depth there. You're here for the wrong reason. There's no deepness to you. And so when the sun comes up, when the heat of the day comes, when the heat of life comes, when, when just regular things that are, when, you know, the, the heat of the day is just a natural occurring event, just naturally, you're not going to make it just naturally, just the Regular, everyday pressures of life are going to steal your joy because there's no depth to why you're here. You, the, the seed fell on you, but you had no depth, and so there was no way to have root, and they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. That means, that means that they grew. They grew, but they grew with thorns. And as they were growing, the thorns grew with them, and the thorns choked them out. There's a difference in the same chapter here in just a few moments. We're going to talk about tares. But there's a difference between a tear and a thorn. <clears throat> a thorn will grow with the plant and devour it, choke it, take away its energy. Pull away its nutrition, pull away its life, and pull its life into it. Yeah, you never see just a, a thorn bush just growing all by itself. A thorn always grows in it, with something because it pulls life from other things. It, it takes life from the ground. It takes life from other plants. And the seed sown grew, but so did the cares of life. It grew, but so did the thorn, and the thorn sprung up and choked it. He said, but other seed fell on good ground and brought forth fruit. And some brought forth 100, some brought forth 60, and some brought forth 30-fold. And then he says, if you have an ear, hear what I'm saying to you. And the disciples came to him, and they said, 
why, why do you talk to them in parables? This is verse 10. Verse 10, the disciples come and say, why, why are you talking to them in parables? Why, why, the, why the stories? The disciples want to know why Jesus always talks in parables. And he never, he's never just straightforward, never just says exactly what he means. He always tells a story around what he's trying to say. Verse 11, he says, he answered and said unto them, because, could you follow me with the text, please? He said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries. It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. You have the ability to understand the mystery, but to them that, that is not given to them yet. He said, so for whosoever hath to him shall it be given, and he hath, he hath more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, and neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Amen. At some point, at some point, their ears will be open, their, their eyes will be open, and they will understand and I'll heal them, and they'll be converted, and I'll heal them. He said, but blessed be your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. You see, we ought to understand that we have a blessing today to even be in the house of God and to hear his word, and not only hear it, but try our best to understand it. That is a blessing, just to be able to see and to hear. Amen. Just a blessing to be able to hear the word, and there's people today that can never hear the word of God. They ain't even, they, they're not even allowed to hear the word of God. They can't see the word of God. Yeah. He said in verse 17, For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear the things that ye hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. So now he's going to tell the disciples, okay? He told the story to the crowd, and he told it in the way that he would speak to the crowd because they have ears but can't hear, eyes but can't see, understanding but can't understand. And so now he's going to, he's explained to the disciples why he does that. They're not ready to hear this. They're not ready to have their eyes open. They're not ready to have their ears. So I have to talk to them in riddles and, and, and see upon whom the word will fall and who will receive it. He said, but to you, but to you, I don't talk in riddles. I, I tell you straight. Amen. You see, Jesus is teaching us a form of sowing. This is a form of sowing into people's life. Everybody can't hear hard truths. 
That's why sometimes on, on, on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday service, I, I teach differently here than I preach differently there. I will teach differently on Wednesday night than I preach on a Sunday morning because as a sower, you got to understand everybody ain't ready for meat. People coming in here, never been in a church before in their life. They never even been to a door. Don't know nothing about being Pentecostal. Don't know nothing about being apostolic. Don't even really know nothing about Jesus. They still think Jesus is the third person in the triune Godhead. They don't have revelation that he is the mighty God in Christ. They come walking in here, and here we go. We're going deep. Scuba gear. Flipper zone. We're going down 2,000 leagues under the sea. And people are like, what in the world is this man talking about? You see, Jesus is giving us a concept of sowing and reaping, and he's teaching us how to teach. He's teaching us how to teach. He's teaching us how to sow. When, when you sow here... So just sow, because you never know who's going to hit. And, and, and when you sow here, sow in a way that, that everybody kind of understands what you're talking about. But when, when it's me and you, me and the 12, this is how I sow a seed. Yeah. He begins to tell them the parable of the sower now from an angle that they would understand. Watch verse 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who's by the wayside. You see, you thought I was being good, being a good interpreter of the word. No, it's just, I'm just saying what this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that the devil, the devil will take the word from those who understands it not. That's why when we sow the seed, if we want the seed to grow, we have to try to get the word at a place where people can understand it. That's why when Jesus speaks to the crowd, he speaks to them in agricultural ways, and he speaks to them in, 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 in parables that they would understand. He tells them stories. There was a man who had two sons, and every man standing there knows what it feels like to have a child and he speaks to them of this story. There was, there was a man that had a hundred sheep and he lost one. And there's men standing in the crowd that have sheep. And, and, and there was a woman that had ten coins and she lost it. And, and, and it's, it's making sense to people because he understands if I, don't, if I don't slow this down for them, if I don't slow this kingdom word down for them, they're going to miss this. And I want them, even though I know they struggle to understand this, I want to make it in a way where they can go, well, I don't understand kingdom word, but I've lost a coin before. I've, I, I've, I've, I've never, I don't understand this whole Jesus thing and salvation, but I know what it's like to lose a sheep. And so he tells the sheep and he tells the coin and then he says, starts talking about the son and, and, and they're understanding this because some of them know what it feels like to either have people leave or come. And then he's, and he starts talking about the father who runs and grabs him, and they're like, wait a minute, wait, I don't know any father that would do that. And, you, wait, 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 and, and, and they want to know, man, tell me about this father. Tell us about this father that would come and grab his son who took his money and went to a far country. I don't know any father. My father wouldn't do that. He'd kick me in the rear and put me in our house. So tell us, and, and, and it, it opens up their understanding to want to know more. You see what Jesus is doing? He wants, because he understands 
if I put it in a way that they understand not, the wicked one will come and grab it. He said, but he that receiveth the seed into a stony place is the same that heareth the word and with joy receives it. Oh, I like that word. But he hath no root in himself, but he can only endure for a little while. For when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. Put that scripture up for me, scripture uh, verse 21. I want to point this out to you, verse 21. Yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, watch, because of the word, by and by he is offended. You see, what we have to understand is that if you, if you take this seed into your life, eventually this, this word will bring you pain. He said, well, what, how will the word bring, bring me pain? Well, some of, you, some of you have already experienced because you have converted, but your family hasn't yet. And so you'll be talking to your family, and they're like, oh, that's, that's you, you in a cult. You say, well, no, 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 I believe that Jesus is God, the express image of God, that if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. Oh, that's, that's just, why would you even say that? That's just so dumb. But you got the word, and you received it with joy, and you believe it now. And now that word is bringing you trouble because everybody don't believe that word. He said, if, if you don't have any root, this is why you need to, if you, if you don't want to be this person, what you need to do is work on root for a while. Meaning you need to get in that word and get understanding. He said, because if you have no root, by and by, you'll get offended. And I know people who are offended by the word. Amen. People come to you, me and uh, we have some of our family here in town today, but Jonathan and Sister Candace Hash here visiting us this weekend, hanging out with us, and we were talking, and he was talking they moved to a new neighborhood, and, and they had a big little party and invited some of the neighbors over just to hang out and chill. He said a guy come over who he had seen several times, and the first thing he said to him was, I noticed that your, your daughter and your wife just wear skirts. Are you Pentecostal? And he's like, yeah, absolutely I am. And the guy just went in. Well, let me tell you about my story. I don't like, I don't like none of that. I just this and that. Offended. You got offended. I used to be. He just jaded. Anybody ever met somebody like that? Amen. Just, just mad because they got offended because they received that word with joy. He said before the guy left, he said, now, now I believe in the Holy Ghost. I, like, like I know it's real. See, he received that word with joy at some point. But along the way, because of the word, he got offended. And, he, and all that good seed was ripped out of his life. And now he's struggling to even find his own identity. He don't even know what he believes. Yeah, this is what happens. It comes and takes it away. He also that re received the seed, verse 22, among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Amen. Hey, a lot of people have missed it because they didn't want to give up something. You know, you really get that word in your heart, and you receive the word with gladness and joy, and then that word starts working on something that you really like, and you start saying, well, you know, I, I probably should stop that, you know what, man, this, 
this job just keeps me away from church all the time. I'm, I, I'm not able to go to church because I got this job. It's bright up here. And, 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 and the deceitfulness of riches will choke the word and you'll become unfruitful. Don't mean that you won't grow. you just be unfruitful. And we know what Jesus does, the unfruitful trees that look good, that have grown, but you just ain't got no fruit. And you say, well, why? This tree looks so good. Why well, don't have no fruit on it? And then you look down and you see at the root, there are storms. And those storms take just enough, just enough nutrition away that you can grow, but you won't have no fruit. Yeah. These are people that have been in church their whole life, ain't ever saved one soul. Look good, sound good, but ain't ever taught. Not one Bible study. Never invited anybody to church. Green leaves, no fruit. Why? Well, you know, I just don't want to be you know, rejected, and I, I don't, you know, I just don't know. I just, I don't want nobody to think I'm a, I'm a preacher man or a preacher boy. And, you know, I just kind of like to blend in and cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches people have walked away from God because they thought the opportunity was coming people have sold their souls to the enemy it's just so they could have a spot in the light I looked at a young man many many years ago who was super talented and if I said his name right now everybody in this room would know who he is because he's famous today but I looked him in his eyes many years ago and I told him I said listen if you have to back up one step from anything you believe, it ain't worth it. I said, I know you know me and I know you and we don't know each other that well. And I, 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 I may not have a voice in your life. I said, but you hear this, this man of God. If it costs one thing you believe, don't do it. Just say no. And he thanked me for my advice. And then gave up on many things that he believed. And today he is famous. Household name. However, I don't think he's doing what God wants him to do. And because of that, it's put him in places. It's put him in places that people question his character. Question his motives. And say, why, if, if, if it's about God, why, why would you do that? And eventually it will ruin his testimony. Because the riches are deceitful. And it chokes the word and you become unfruitful. Watch verse 23. But he that receiveth the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word understands the word and bears fruit and bringeth forth 160 and some 30 fold. He says, but, but, but let, 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 me, let, let me continue my thought here on sowing and reaping. He said in verse 24, another parable he's going to tell them now. He's talking to the disciples now. He's speaking straight to them. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. 
But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. You see, you can't tell a tear from, a, from wheat until it brings forth fruit. It looks the exact same. You can look this up on Google if you want to. The two plants look the exact same until they get to maturity. And when they start to produce fruit, you see, oh, this is wheat and this is not. This is edible. This is unedible. And so when, when, it, when, when the fruit began to expose itself and, and it's, 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 it's showing what it is, the Bible says, the servants of the household came and said unto him, verse 27, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in the field? Here's what you need to know about sowing and reaping. Is you can sow the best seed you want to sow. But the enemy will always sow seed with you. You can have the best intentions. You can say the best thing. You can put forth your best foot. But the enemy is always going to try to undermine you in some way. So Jesus is going to tell them, because he's talking to these disciples, right now Jesus is the sower, but he's teaching sowers. You see that? Jesus is sowing seed, but he's sowing seed into future sowers who will sow seed in different countries, who will sow seed in different villages. They will sow seed across the known world. The seed that these 12 men will sow will change the face of this planet. The seed that Jesus sowed into those 12 apostles is sitting in this room today over 2,000 years later. You see what I'm saying? So Jesus is the sower, but he's sowing into future sowers. And he's trying to get them to understand when you sow good seed, the enemy's going to come in and sow, good, sow bad seed right with you. Don't, don't ever think that the enemy is not sowing as well. We all know that he sows because he sows in us, doesn't he? He sows in our mind. He sows in our spirit. He tells us lies all the time. Your pastor can come up here and preach the, the best word. And right along with the words you're hearing, you're also getting the negative side to it. You say, well, he don't understand what I'm going through. And, you know, this ain't really for me. This, he, the enemy's always sowing, right? And you don't really know where it's at until it gets to a certain point. And so they come to him and they say, didn't you sow good seed? Uh, why do we have tares? And he said unto them, an enemy hath done this. And so it's, it's good to know, it's good to know that when you see the split, you don't blame other people for the tares. Because the, the, the housekeeper, the man who owned the field, he could have looked at those who did the sowing and said, what, what, what did y'all do? But he understood, I'm not my, I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy did this. The enemy have done this. The servant said unto him, well, we should go gather them up. We should go take them out right now. We should go rip them up. We should take them out. And he said, nay. Hear me? He said, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Because when you gather the tares, you'll root up the wheat as well. Be careful always trying to rip off the Band-Aid. Be careful always just trying to get rid of people out of your life. Be careful always trying to snatch out everything that's bad in your world. Sometimes it's there for a reason 
and you need to let it grow right beside the good. So what do you mean by what, what do you mean by that, Pastor Chavis? What I mean by that is it's not always time. It's not it's not always time just to go tear everything up. When some of, sometimes we as human beings, when we know that something is wrong and something is off, before we ever think about it, before we ever even try to ponder it, or even understand that what our role was in the situation, we try to go and just hurt everybody. And by tearing up, by tearing up the bad, you're also doing damage to the good. Here's what he says. He said, nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root also the wheat. Watch verse 30. Let both grow together until harvest. Somebody say until harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares. Listen, when they're full grown, you can tell the difference. When they're full grown, there's a difference. And when you let them, when you don't let them grow enough, there's no way to tell what's good and what's bad. If you take them out too early, there's no way to differentiate between the two plants. But when harvest comes, there is going to be a clear delineation between what is good and what is bad. He said, let's wait till harvest. So when harvest comes, I can send the reapers out, and the first thing they reap is what should be burned. This is a good lesson. This is a good lesson for us. It's a good lesson for the disciples about sowing and reaping is that at harvest time, a lot of times what we should do first is we should go through our lives and take out what we know is not good. Before we try to do anything right, we should handle what is wrong. We should, we should learn that I need to do inventory before I just take everything out and try to harvest this. Everything is not usable. We tie back in now to the threshing floor, which was my last series, robbing the threshing floor. You see, everything is not usable. There needs to be seasons in our life when we handle what is not right in us. You say, well, what are those things that are not right? The things that the enemy sowed into us. Hey, listen, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I know y'all saved, don't want to do this, but I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, the enemy has sowed some stuff into my life. He has sowed some negative thoughts. He has sowed some negative spirits. He has sown some negative attitudes. And let, let me tell you, they grow. They grow just like the good things that God has sown to my world. And if I'm not man enough to go into my field and cut down the things I know shouldn't be there, then I'll mess around and I'll bring that mess into harvest and I'll have bitter bread because I allowed the tear to be a part of my harvest. The, the tear is not my harvest. God, God has not sown those things into my world. The enemy sowed them things into my life. And I got to be willing to understand that I need to take care of those things first. First, the tares. Bind them in bundles. 
and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And he said, let me tell you one more. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh the tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And another parable he spoke unto them. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until the whole was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. And when Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field, he said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tear is the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels, and therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be in the end of the world. The son of man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire that shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field and which when a man found he hideth and for joy therefore goeth and sell everything he hath and buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. And the, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into a sea and gathered every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore, set down and gathered good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it shall be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saying to them, have you understood all this? That's a lot. And they said, yeah, Lord. And he said, that, he said unto them, therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder who bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. And when it came to pass, Jesus had finished these parables. He departed thence. And when he came into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is, it, is this not the carpenter's son? Is it not? This is, this is not Mary's boy? And this James and Joseph and Simon and Judas's brother and his sisters, are they not all with us? From whence hath this man all these things? Like we, 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 we know this guy. He went to... He went to kindergarten with me. I, I went to elementary school with him. I remember uh, one time in high school, he walked across the pool, and it was he thought it was funny. I, I, we know this guy. And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Jesus talks about the sower. He talks about the seed. He talked about the kingdom of heaven, what it is, what it shall be, what it's going to become, those that sow, those that reap, 
how the angels are going to come at the end of the world and take away the children of God and leave the children of the enemy to be burned in the lake of fire, weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the parable that he's preaching to the people. And then Jesus himself becomes the seed, plants himself in his own hometown, and the soul rejects him. And he says, see, even, even when I'm the seed, it doesn't always work. The ground's got to be right. The ground's got to be right. I'm Jesus, son of the living God. God manifest in flesh. And even I am rejected in some places. So if the word is the seed and we, and, and, and we are the harvest that's coming, our heart is the soil. If, if I am the harvest, if I am going to be the, the good tear or uh, the bad tear or the good wheat, if at the end of time, what Jesus is talking about, sowing and reaping, the word of God going forth, and, and at the end of this all, I am a harvest, whether I be gathered and burned or whether I be able to shine forth like the sun. If all that means that where that seed falls in my life is important, I need to check my soul. I need to check my heart. I need to say, Lord, let, let me go through my life and get myself ready. I want to be good ground. I want my life to be good ground. And I understand some things now about good ground. I want to make sure that my heart is good ground. And I can't control nobody else's heart. My job is to throw the seed. My job is to sow the word. I can't control where it lands. I, I don't know what your heart looks like. Only you do. And so if you look around in your heart and you see stony ground with, 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 with no depth, no root system, dig it up. Say, so, well, how do I tear up stony ground? Well, the Bible tells us in Hosea that Judah plows the stony ground. Praise and worship. That's why we sing and we worship before we preach the word. Because we want the ground to be good that the word falls on. You say, well, how do I make sure I don't have thorny ground? Check your life. Check the cares of life. Make sure you're not being deceived by riches. That you're not led by your wallet and you're not led by success, but you're led by the word. Come on, somebody. Now, I need to check my soul and make sure that it's ready for the word of God. That I say, Lord, every time I walk into this church, even though I have ears on my head, I want to say, Lord, let my ears be attentive to the word of God today. I want to hear what thus saith the word of God. I wanted to get in my heart because at the end of the day, if I'm wheat or if I'm tear, depending on where the seed landed, my, I want to make sure that my soil is right. I want to get my heart right, my mind right, my spirit right, because I want this word to be in me. Because at the end of time, when the angels come together, I want to be counted. I want to be counted with the saints of God. I want to be counted in that number. Oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. Oh, when the saints go marching, that's why I want to make sure that my soul is right. God's trying to raise up a harvest. God's trying to raise up a harvest. He sent his disciples in. He said, he said, pray that the Lord will send forth laborers. And I'm closing with this. 
He says, let, he said, let's pray. That, when you pray, pray this. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into the harvest. Why? Because there's coming a time when he's going to send angels. And we need laborers before the angels come. Let me say it one more time. He said, pray that the Lord will send forth laborers because there's coming a time when the Lord's going to send angels. And when the angels come, they're just here to cut out what ain't right. And so pray that the laborers will go first. Pray the laborers will go first and gather. Gather what needs to be gathered. The Lord, the Lord is praying. The Lord's praying that we would go forth and labor in the field because there's coming a time when the angels are going into the harvest. And the angels are not there to save. The angels are there to cut away. Hallelujah. You need to go into your family as a laborer. Hallelujah. My job is not to be the angel that cuts asunder. No, no, no. My job is to be a laborer. The angels will come one day. The angels will come one day and divide what is right and what is wrong. But today I'm a laborer and I'm reaching for souls and I'm reaching for the kingdom and I want people to get in and get right because the angels are coming. And when the angels come, it's the end of time and there's no more time and there's no more. Work while it is yet day. Stand with me across the room. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.